It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Sean here for a solo edition of Locked On Raptors, breaking down a very fun 124-101 win over the very embarrassing Sacramento Kings. It was a fun one, and everyone who played, essentially, did something cool. And so, we are going to change up the formula. You know how we do the dude of the game at the end of every segment? Well, what if you made the whole plane out of dudes of the game? That's coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to episode number 1078 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, December the 14th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors as well. And you can find the podcast free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Please subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend on all the Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Odyssey, Stitcher, whatever the other ones are. Spotify, I guess, too. That's the one I listen to podcasts on. I should probably know that. Either way, please subscribe, follow, do the thing, and it's much appreciated. And you can subscribe for free on YouTube as well. And you can see my beautiful face every single day, which I think everybody wants, right? Or at least that's what my mom says. Uh, Also, thank you very much for uh, making us your first listen of the day. We very much appreciate that as well. All right. On today's show, we are talking about a super fun Raptors 124-101 win to close out their seven game homestand with a win and i believe moved to four and three on the homestand not so bad not so bad after the way it started and that went for the last five as well too which is also quite nice and uh in this game against the kings boy the kings stink first of all what a nightmare performance from the kings they are barely a basketball team they have good players i wish all of their good players would be on other teams because they are just a rudderless mess and the big takeaway frankly is that 
it's hard to really take away much tangible from this game. We don't know what's real and what's kings about it. And so instead of trying to sort our way through some big takeaways and instead of talking about, once again, the defense becoming really good, we're going to do a thing that I have not planned on doing or didn't think of we doing it. But you know how we do the due to the game in the final segment of every show. One guy who maybe didn't really you know, appear in the first couple of segments of the shows we were talking about the biggest contributors why not just do the whole show on dudes of the game everyone is a dude of the game on today's episode of locked on raptors and so we are going to run through every member of the team and offer a quick take on what they did against the kings maybe what it means in the larger picture and everyone will get one extra plus on the dude of the game leaderboard as well which is very fun and good for people like pascal siakam who has yet to appear there because he often is far too important a figure to get due to the game but either way uh let's dig into it shall we and we'll take into this very robust box score from the win uh just some numbers on this game the raptors uh pull out uh 124 points that's very nice they pull out a whole bunch of bench points let me just do some adding on the fly here which i'm sure will go very very well uh we get 17 50 31 uh 53 bench points for your toronto raptors in this game a really, really impressive performance from the second unit, and it's really the inspiration for doing the due to the game this way and just giving everybody their flowers today because that second unit was incredible, and they were the reason that they pulled apart in this game as well. In the second quarter, it was still kind of close. Scotty Barnes comes in with Yuta Watanabe, Justin Champagne, Delano Banton, and Svima Hiluk, and they absolutely busted open, and they did not look back from there. They led by 25 at halftime. They ended up winning by 23. It was not particularly close at any point i think the kings cut it to 19 at one point and it was like oh no what are they gonna do this is so scary not really uh anything to worry about and so let's dive in shall we to all of these wonderful performances from this raptors team let's just start with the starters pascal siakam we'll go with him off the top 16 points eight rebounds four assists eight of 15 shooting of three from downtown got to the line once and missed it I thought Pascal was really rock solid in this game. He had a bit of a shaky start shooting wise. And then he realized, oh, the Kings defense is butter that I can cut through like a hot knife and score around the rim whenever I want. And so he did that after maybe settling for a few jumpers early on in this game, missed his three threes. As I mentioned, all of those came pretty early on and it was just kind of a, a parade to the rim for Pascal Siakam. And the thing that was great about Siakam's game was his playmaking more than anything else. Yes, he had the 16 points and he only had four assists, but I, he could have had like, I don't know, nine, 10 assists in this game. There were a couple where he would set a guy up and they got fouled. So we didn't get credit for the assist. That should count as an assist, but that's fine. Uh, he had a couple of really great driving kicks as well that didn't get knocked down overall just a really impressive game from siakam in this one and he only finishes with one turnover as well and a plus 14 and this is the reason why you run your offense through pascal siakam i know people want to see scotty barnes have the ball all the time and they want to have fred van vliet with the ball and all this pascal siakam is the most dynamic offensive player the raptors have i've been saying this all season long I would say Fred Van Vliet's been the better player for the Raptors this season, but Siakam has still been their most dynamic guy on offense who gets the most things happening, draws the most attention. There's a reason he's often driving into two or three guys and sort of getting stifled when he's trying his spin move. It's because teams are trying to stop that, and he has countered that with some incredible driving kick playmaking. He had a beautiful driving kick to Fred on the left wing in the first half of this game. That was, I think, probably his best assist of the night, but there were a few sequences in concert with you know, Fred, Fred Van Vliet, Chris Boucher as well, who we'll get to, of course, 
Uh, just a really top to bottom great performance from Siakam in terms of playmaking. And his defense continues to be outstanding as well. Had a block and a steal in this one. And really, you know, he's taken up the mantle as, you know, one of the best team defenders, if not the best team defender on the roster. He just knows how to play Nick Nurse's defense. And it's kind of now being passed along by osmosis to everybody else on the team. Uh, really was impressed with Pascal Siakam's game tonight. And, you know, continue to flow the offense through him because, boy, he makes good things happen when he does have the ball in his hands. Next, we go to Chris Boucher, who led the team in scoring in this game with 17 points, had five boards as well, 7 of 10 from the field, 2 of 4 from downtown, and he really seems like he's kind of getting comfortable with the Raptors starters. Now three games in a row he's had to start at the five as Precious Achua has not been available, and I'm curious to see if Precious will get that job back once he returns from being in the COVID protocols. He won't be back tomorrow at the very earliest. You know, We'll see what happens over the weekend if he's back against the Warriors on Saturday or, yeah, Saturday or not, but either way, Chris Boucher has kind of all of a sudden reemerged as someone who's maybe worth minutes down the line here, and I was ready to excise him entirely from the rotation but he has looked way more comfortable on offense. He's getting to the basket and rolling, which is really important, as opposed to just sort of floating around, around to the three-point line. I think Vivek Jacob made this point on Twitter, actually, last or during the game. I apologize if I'm misattributing this, but the fact that Boucher is rolling as instead of popping, it just makes things that much better for him because he actually can finish around the basket. His three-point shot's been off this season. He hit a couple tonight, which was nice, but that's not where his bread has been buttered so far this year. And... The other thing I noticed about Boucher tonight is, you know, there have been a lot of instances so far this year where Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam or Fred Van Vliet are trying to like nod to Chris Boucher. Hey, cut, go there, cut here. And he just doesn't. He was doing it tonight. He was actually responding to those beautiful head nods and directions from the guys on his team. And it was just constantly being passed into open space. And that's the benefit of playing with Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet. All three are well above average passers. A couple of them, I would argue Pascal Siakam's bordering into like almost great passer territory. And Scotty Barnes throws passes that I like see in my dreams because they're so beautiful. It just it, and actually Fred had a couple gorgeous ones tonight as well. That did not get knocked down as well, too. But like playing with those guys, they're so smart and they are growing a chemistry and an understanding of who is standing where and, and sort of who's running things when. When you have Gary Trent Jr. spacing things around that and just being such an effective off-ball option, you know, there's lots of space for a guy like Chris Boucher to seep into, and he's seeping into that space, and he's making good on it. So congrats to Chris Boucher. Led the team in scoring tonight, which uh, that's a nice feather in the cap for him, and uh, we'll, we'll see if he continues on with the starting job once Achua comes back. And that's kind of an interesting question now. I don't think he hangs on to it when, say, Ken Birch returns, but because of the sort of theoretical space he offers, because he can pop out for three, and because he has been playing so well alongside Barnes and Siakam and Fred in the last few games, I'm curious to see what the course of action will be there with him. But even if he's not going to be one of the key rotation guys at full health, it's one of them good problems to have if he's going to play like this. Uh, let's move on to Scotty Barnes, shall we? We'll get to him uh, last before we get to the next break. Uh, Scotty Barnes, 16 points. 6 of 14 shooting, uh, 4 boards, 2 assists, and 5 blocks. And Scotty Barnes is just really good at defense now, apparently. As early as, like, December 1st, I think you could have said, oh man, Scotty Barnes, kind of disappointing on the defensive end, still very lost, moving around, not really knowing where to be, not helping the helper, not you know achieving the Nick Nurse level of rotation that you want to see within his defense. As we talked about with Vivek on Monday's podcast, he has totally sort of cast those aspersions aside. He's just a good defender now all of a sudden. It's remarkable. It's uncanny. I don't know 
what kind of precedent there is. Scotty Barnes has made the defensive leap from like month two to month three that you would hope to see from year one to like year four. That's ex- that's how dramatic it's been in the last little while here. He was at one point the worst regular Raptors player on defense. There was no question about this. He was brutal on that end for a good chunk of the first month and a half of his career. And now you just like trust him out there. He's like contesting at the rim. He had the five blocks. He could have had more. He's just everywhere and he just knows where to be. He's directing traffic now on defense as well. And he's really operating in particular as a center really effectively. He got bludgeoned on the the glass in this one a little bit. Alex Len kind of had his way in a bit of a revenge game. He had eight offensive rebounds. Barnes was off and up against him. Boucher was in there as well. Maybe not surprising that Alex Len was able to feast on the boards. He is literally two Chris Boucher's big, but... I thought Barnes defensively overall, just really, really impressive. And he, again, really ignited that second quarter run with that four bench guy lineup. And I'm not ready to say like, oh, Scotty Barnes on the bench is the new Kyle on the bench or anything like that. I don't think against a real basketball team, that lineup will necessarily have enough juice, but playing alongside Champagny, who's a really smart player, knows where to go, knows where to seep into. Uh, obviously, Yuta Watanabe is like a genius basketball player as well. Delano Banton had a really great stretch too, which we'll get to with Sfima Hailuk. Like, it just it made sense in this game, and the, the Kings were not ready for how much that unit was going to defend and then run off of their, their stops and their turnovers, and Scotty Barnes was a key figure in all of that, and not a terrible offensive game for him either, as he continues to just do things that are uh, just bloody amazing. Like, he had a pull-up 20-footer at the end of the first quarter that he just canned with a dude in his face. Sure, it just felt like natural it felt like butter the second it left his hands and that's just normal now i'm still having a hard time reckoning with all these things just being normal from scotty barnes but they very much are and i very much am here for it we got more guys to get to uh seven more dudes of the game that is to get to as we finish out today's podcast but first before we get to the next one who will be of course gary trent jr we should tell you about our pals over at Truebill, who are wonderful and they are helping you Get rid of the subscriptions that you no longer want or need or that you simply just forgot about. It's literally a scam that these companies will make you sign up for a thing and then not tell you when your free trial is going to end and then start charging you. It's ridiculous. It shouldn't exist. And Truebill is here to help solve that problem. It is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you no longer want or need. Or maybe you just simply forgot about them. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions very hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there anytime you need them to cancel an unwanted subscription for you so you don't have to. I have this problem a lot. I will sign up for things because I need one use out of a like a type form website or something like that. And all of a sudden, I'm getting charged for type forms that I don't need, but I'm still paying for them because I'm a dummy and I didn't have Truebill in the past, but now I do and I'm never going to fall to that trap again. Don't fall for subscription scams like me. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. And today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Stance. And boy, when I found out we got Stance coming on as a partner, I was amazed and thrilled because I already have Stance. I have their socks. Their socks are amazing. Can't recommend them enough. I like a fun, colorful joyous sock i like sports themed socks i like pop culture socks i like them all especially in the winter time you're wearing socks every day there's no sandals going on you want to have some fun with your footwear and stance is what 
makes it happen. They were founded in 2009. The Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. They have Star Wars socks. They have holiday-themed socks. There's one right on the front page of the website right now with Will Ferrell from Elf. Why not get yourself some Elf socks for your holiday party? That seems like a pretty good way to go. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in and that those who feel good do good go see for yourself register for an account at stance.com and get 15 percent off your first purchase just use the promo code locked on for at checkout for that to apply enjoy the color and comfort of the less ordinary with stance thanks to stance for sponsoring the podcast all right let's continue on here with your dudes of the game 10 dudes one game that's what we're calling it uh, that sounds like something i don't really want to google either way let's dig in here to gary trent jr the next dude of the game he played 31 minutes just 10 points for him uh two boards four assists three steals five of 11 he had one steal in this game as harrison barnes was driving in from the left wing in the first half and he just like reached in and cradled the ball out of his hands like it was a baby that he was stealing back from being stolen originally it was amazing and that continues just a really strong defensive season of course for Gary Trent Jr we know what he's been doing with the steals yes he can get overzealous sometimes but sometimes beautiful things happen when he does get a little overzealous with his attempts for steals and you know he was over for tonight from three I just don't care because he's going to hit those threes at some point. He'd been red hot the last two games coming into this one. And overall, I just think the space he provides out there, it breathes when he's on the floor, especially with that starting five. Like teams are worried about him. And he's also just like an instant bucket when you need to throw it to him. He can go get himself a shot in the mid range. He had a beautiful spin move and a floater in this game as well. Kind of working on that closer to the basket scoring range, which has kind of gone away recently. It's been very three point mid range heavy. He can hit them though. So who cares? Like (laughs) he's a fun, cool player to have. And it's a nice outlet to have a guy who can make those difficult shots when things get down in the half court offense. And then if you know, you're not relying on him for those late, possession sort of salvageable buckets he's just spacing and hitting knockdown threes for you more often than not so nice game from gary Trent jr continues to be a really nice piece for this team and i think he's kind of moved into the territory where you don't need gary Trent jr to go off necessarily because he does does still have like an effect when he's on the floor both for spacing and for defense but he's such a luxury when he does go off and when he has those like 24 25 point games that completely changes the game for this team. They didn't need it tonight, just the 10 points, but he was a plus 19, tied with Scotty Barnes and Justin Champagny for a team best there. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, your next dude of the game. I believe he's the leader uh, on all of the dude of the game. So he adds to his lead as, as well here tonight. Uh, just 26 minutes for Fred Van Vliet, which is essential with a back to back in Brooklyn tomorrow. Definitely want to save the good players for the good team and not the bad team that is the Sacramento Kings. Siakam, by the way, just 30 minutes for him as well. Barnes played 32, Trent 31. Nice to get those guys some rest. It's been few and far between this season. And I thought Van Vliet was pretty unassuming, but very good when he was out there. Had five assists to lead the team. Actually did not lead the team. Delano Banton did that in nine minutes, but we'll get to that later too. Um, You know, just a really sort of unassuming, solid performance from Fred Van Vliet. Not a whole lot in the way of flashiness. Hit a couple of big threes. Found Chris Boucher and sort of had that beautiful harmony going with Siakam and Barnes and Boucher and Trent in that starting five at times as well. Uh, you know, really hard to complain about what Fred did in this one. He didn't have to go off and score 29 points to, to get the win, but he was still effective in his minutes and uh, really nothing to complain about there. Did not get 
too torched, I guess, by uh, Darren Fox. I mean, Fox had a nice game, 29 points, 11 at 20. Just one of five from three, though. And, you know, wasn't like carving up the Raptors with his playmaker or anything like that. Just three assists for De'Aaron Fox in this game. So as far as that matchup goes, maybe Fox got the better of Fred, but very rarely are people going to get the better of Fred on defense. Uh, and, you know, I, I, you didn't really need him to play sort of Steph Curry-level defense in this one or against Steph Curry-level defense, I suppose, is how I should frame that. Let's move on to the next dude of the game, who is tied to Gary, uh, Fred Van Vliet's work in this one. And that's Malachi Flynn, who came in late in this game. So Delano Banton didn't play in the second half. Nick Nurse said it was because of a non-COVID illness. He wasn't feeling very well, so he didn't come in. And that opened the door for Malachi Flynn to have himself a game in just 14 minutes off the bench. Came in late in the third, played through the rest of the game. 14 points, 6 of 8 shooting, 2 of 3 from downtown, 2 steals, a rebound, and an assist. The assist he had was a gorgeous, off of a steal, kind of behinds the back himself into some space, sees Justin Champagny on the run, throws a beautiful dart to him, and Champagny throws it down for a dunk. You know, that was great to see. But honestly, the better thing to see here was Malachi Flynn just like making shots. We've talked all along about how Malachi Flynn is going to make his bones in the NBA as a tough shot maker who can keep second units afloat. And we haven't seen it very much this season. We saw it tonight, pull-ups left, right, and center, gorgeous like dribble combinations, just leaving Kings defenders in the lurch and on their ass. It was a really nice effort from Malachi Flynn. And it was a nice sort of, you know, breaking of a trend of him not really getting to impact the game very much when he comes in, often coming in, playing with other starters, not having the ball a ton, not getting a lot of opportunity. And in this one, they were just like, all right, Malachi, go nuts. Have the ball the whole time if you want. And he very much obliged the request there. And with the 14 points, uh, really can't complain about the game from Malachi Flynn. You know, it'll be interesting to see. If like, you know, this game changes at all, the backup point guard discourse or anything like that, you know, Delano Banton's had that role. Scotty Barnes seems to be kind of assuming that role as well, especially if they continue on with that second unit that we saw tonight with Barnes as the centerpiece. But, you know, Flynn, I, I think, you know, run for him feels like a good thing. It feels like he's got a rhythm to him, right? And, and he found that rhythm tonight with a, you know, 14 minute stretch of minutes. We'll see it going forward. I don't really hold out a lot of hope. We've seen lots of good games from Malachi Flynn this season in spurts. Nothing like this so far, but you know it, it has not translated into regular minutes just yet, but we shall see. Again, one of the good problems, if Malachi Flynn's going to be playing like this when he comes in and he's still not part of your regular rotation, that means probably good things are happening in the rotation ahead of him. And you know th this was a nice night to dream on what the bench can be. The bench has been a sore spot all season long. The starters have been really helping the team tread water to their 13 and 14 record. And it was nice to see Malachi Flynn potentially turn the tide a little bit uh, and for the second unit to really kind of take some shape here. And a couple of these guys really seem like they are actually going to be meaningful contributors to the second unit going forward and have put on a pretty good stretch of minutes here in recent games. So we'll get to those guys shortly in just one sec to close out the show. Four more dudes of the game to dig into in just one second. But before we do that, should tell you about our friends over at Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes of this year podcast, Locked on Raptors. The power of three unlimited data lines as well for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. 
With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Just how many Sean-isms will you pick up and repeat to your friends and family? Hopefully not too many, but that's the power you have. You can take on what I say, bring it into your brain, and regurgitate it if you'd like, and that's totally fine by me. Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile disclaimer, free phone available, limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See Boost Mobile for details. And this is only available to our listeners in the United States. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Four more dudes of the game to run our way through here to close out this episode. Let's talk about Yuta Watanabe next. 26 minutes for him. His first career double-double. Yuta Watanabe, 12 points, 10 boards, 2 assists, 1 steal. Did some really good work on the boards in this game. Battling with Tristan Thompson and Alex Len. Giving up size. Didn't matter. Really tough box outs in, in a few positions. I'd like to see what his arms look like tonight. Because I would imagine they're pretty scratched up. Because he was like in the mix at all times fighting for boards just moving guys out of the way and then he had a really aggressive and fun offensive game as well hit a couple of threes had a couple moments where he put the ball on the deck and finished had a pull-up jumper that looked positively like durant like for a second like really really fun stuff from utah it continues a really strong run for him as well pretty established that regardless of the health status of this team if Utah's available he's going to play and he has to play he's too essential defensively he knows how to play this defense too well you keep adding these guys in Watanabe Justin Champagne's doing it as well Scotty Barnes is figuring it out Precious Achua as well before he went out with the COVID protocols and injury and you're seeing that this team is now kind of growing in terms of the list of guys who can play Nick Nurse's defense and Yuta Watanabe's arrival back in that Memphis game, I guess three weeks ago now, two weeks ago, what is time? Who's to say? But during that game, he comes back. And since then, it really feels like the Raptors have hit their gear defensively. Another good defensive performance for them once again tonight. And uh, Yuta Watanabe continues to be just my favorite Raptors bench player whenever he comes in. There's no two bones about no no bones about it, no two ways about it. Those are the phrases I'm looking for. He has been really, really excellent. And uh, I, I was very impressed. And, and like if I was going to give up the dude of the game to one person in this game, which I was having a hard time figuring out, which is why I've done the coward's way out and done 10 dudes of the game. I think Utah would have been the guy, but it's it's hard to say. We, you know, we'll just call him Duda Watanabe. No, we're not going to call him Duda Watanabe. Never mind. That was stupid. Please forgive me. Uh, <laughs> let's carry on here uh, and move on. By the way, I should know the Raptors uh, continue their nice performance on defense in the in this game. A defensive rating of, uh, come on, what the hell's going on here? basketball or nba.com is being a bastard uh 100 defensive rating tonight against the kings as well continuing a very nice stretch the last uh six games the raptors are currently the number three defense in the nba so that's just a nice little turnaround for you either way continuing continuing on justin champagne let's talk about him another candidate if there were only going to be one due to the game to win the due to the game 10 points, four boards, four of eight shooting, and it was a plus 19 along with Trent and Barnes leading the team. 
And he, again, one of these guys who just seems to know how the Raptors want to play defense and he's in the right spots. And he just has a way about him of just being in the right place at the right time from the game against the Thunder last week with the the bucket that he ended up putting in to go ahead, the tap in that almost counted to the couple putback dunks he had tonight, where he was in transition to kind of, you know, get outlet passes and whatnot. He just is a smart basketball player and he's not playing like outside of himself or anything like that. He's not attempting shots that he shouldn't be taking. He took a couple of wide open catch and shoot threes tonight. That's totally fine by me. Can he hit them? I have no idea, but it's nice that he's trying and the Raptors are very cool to embolden guys to take those threes. But just the way Champagne within the construct of the Raptors offense, and this is what the Raptors offense needs. I talked about this yesterday is like they need guys who much like Chris Boucher did in this game are not going to like demand the ball and play outside of themselves with the ball. They have good playmakers. They have Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet right now. They will have OG Ananobi at some point. They need guys like Gary Trent Jr., like Chris Boucher was tonight, and like Justin Champagny has been, who can be low-usage outlets to finish off plays, to collect those offensive boards off of misses and keep possessions alive. Champagny's doing that really, really well right now, and... Look, it's just been a few games of him being in the rotation, but Nick Nurse seems to love him. He seems like he's not going anywhere until they're healthy, at least. And you would have to think that he has got the inside track to get that two-way converted to a full NBA deal by season's end. No idea where his 50 days are at or anything like that. Still way too soon to be concerned about those types of things. But he has played really well and might be earning himself some real NBA money, which is a very, very cool thing indeed for an undrafted guy who is doing some stuff that you don't expect undrafted guys to do. Uh, Delano Banton, let's touch on him. I mentioned he left the game after the first half, not feeling super well. Hopefully he's all good there. Uh, he had uh, just nine minutes played tonight, but four points, six assists, two boards, and was incredibly smooth. His offensive game in this one was really nice. He had a beautiful, he's done this a few times where he kind of drives really sort of aggressively, very harsh, quick stop, abruptly pulls up and has a little floater game. That's a beautiful shot for him, and it's worked for him a few times this season. That's a nice thing that he's got in his bag. You know, you got to the rim basically at will, as did everyone on the Raptors in this game, frankly, because the Kings are ass. But he got to the rim whenever he wanted a couple of gorgeous passes as well on driving kicks. He also even had a beautiful pass to Svi Mihailuk for a three on a pass where he like dropped the ball on the baseline and just like batted it over perfectly into the shooter's pocket for Svi. Sure, you'll take it uh, just how they drew it up or whatever. But, you know, Banton has been pretty rough lately. It was nice to see him get back to being a little bit more of a positive contributor out there. I still think he's probably on the outside looking in at full health right now, considering how the rotation is, is coming together here and considering Scotty Barnes is getting more and more on ball duty and that could potentially excise Delano Banton's utility and role because he is quite good with the ball in his hands and doesn't offer a whole lot of off ball, you know, danger right now, but you know, happy to watch Delano Banton whenever he's out there because he's a delight. Still don't know what he is or what he's trying to do half the time, but it ends up being pretty cool and fun. So nice game from Delano Banton. Hopefully he's feeling better soon. And you know, as much as it's a bummer, he didn't get to finish off such a good game. It's kind of cool to have six assists in nine minutes one. And it did open the door for Malachi Flynn to have the game he did as well with the, uh, the second sort of silver lining there. And lastly, the last dude of the game is Fima Hailuk. He played 20 minutes in this game. He was 2 of 2 from downtown. He had 11 points. He had five boards, three assists. It was a plus 14. And, you know, he did exactly what you need Fima Hailuk to do. Knocking down those threes is such a game changer for him. He doesn't do a ton else, right? Like, he's a fine-ish defender. He's not like a world-beating defender. He's not a Yuta Watanabe-level defender, for example. 
But he's got some juice to him offensively, and he showed that off tonight too. A beautiful lefty dunk. He's got that lefty finish down, and he can kind of get to the basket when he wants. If he's going to be able to do that and make those secondary creation plays in addition to knocking down his threes, it's not like a huge list of tasks for him to get done each night. If he can take care of that, I, I think his rotation spot should be pretty safe when they reach full health. But that's been an inconsistent proposition for him so far, and that will be the thing that I think limits him uh, down the line. If he can't find more nights like this, it could be tricky for him to stick around, but it was nice to see him have the night that he did. It was nice to see the team play the way they did all together. I missed Isaac Bonga. He's not really due to the game. He only played five minutes in garbage time, two points, two boards. That was cool, I guess. I don't really have strong opinions on the way Bonga played, but the rest of the 10 guys in this game were absolutely brilliant. And just with the, the way they played, this is going to be necessary going forward. You know, the Raptors are down OG and Kem. Nick Nurse said before the game, that who knows when they're going to be back, essentially. They're not going to be back for the foreseeable future, and the foreseeable future is not soon, as Nick Nurse said before the game. That's troublesome, for sure, and we have no idea like what the state of their recovery is or anything like that. Yeah, Kem and OG are up on the bench doing fun stuff, but like it, it's really kind of up in the air. And, you know, they still have a bit of a stretch here where they're at home with a pretty heavy home home schedule and maybe not like the most difficult schedule in the world. But you would hope that they can get those guys back soon here because we're sitting here at a third of the way into the season after tonight. Like it's kind of running out of time here to really rattle off a lot of wins and get back into sort of, you know, a spot where you're not constantly chasing, you know, like they need to have some sort of run here. Hey, four and five is a nice way to start. We can see if they can continue that on the Brooklyn game tomorrow should be tough, but they do get two extra practice days this week on account of that bulls game on Thursday, getting postponed because COVID is uh, you know, very much back in here and never left. And is terrifying, but you know, if they are able to continue on playing and all that stuff, I, I think those practice days should do them well. And just this run on this homestand, I think should do them well as well. You know, just the, I mean, you saw it in the way they had that top to bottom performance tonight. The chemistry is there. They had the same group of guys now, more or less, for you know five, six, seven games, which I keep on saying when Nick Nurse has the same group of guys for five, six, seven games, they're going to figure out how to play basketball together and win some games, and they're doing that right now. And I, I think this homestand was a nice sort of balm. They still have plenty of home games coming up. It's not like they have a road schedule that they're going out. And like this Nets game is a one-off trip down to New York and back, kind of weirdly placed in the schedule, honestly. But overall... Pretty effective and positive and productive homestand. And they're going to desperately need, you know, Watanabe, Mihailuk, Champagne, if he's going to keep on playing, and Boucher in particular. Those guys have to be excellent. You know, three of those four guys have to be excellent night to night if this Raptors team wants to hang with teams that are not the Sacramento Kings. And again, I can't express enough. The Kings are a nightmare. It's really hard to, um, you know, just like watch and like absorb how terrible they are i feel so bad for king's fans i should note this little anecdote uh in our group dm with all the locked on nba hosts i messaged uh matt george the host of locked on kings former guest of this podcast and i mentioned i don't know how you do it man that was a nightmare and he is his response was quote my son puked on my chin and neck during the game and it was my favorite part uh yeah that's what it's like covering the kings glad we don't have to do that and if raptors fans want to get like sad and you know dour after a couple losses in a season like this one just look to the Kings and realize, oh, it could be so, so, so much worse. Either way, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And congratulations to 10 new dudes of the game getting their names added to the hallowed leaderboard in the segment that everybody's talking about. 
And uh, with that, we will leave it for that rest of the day. We'll be back again on Wednesday. I think Katie Heinel is going to pop by. We're going to talk about the game against the Nets on Tuesday night. So that should be cool. And then later on in the week, Jamar Hines from TSN is going to pop by on Friday. He was supposed to come on to talk about the Bulls game. Instead, we'll just talk about something else. And I'll probably do a mailbag podcast on Thursday as well. So if you have a mailbag question, submit it in the comments here. Just maybe like label it mailbag question for Thursday. So I see it and then I will make sure I add that to the list for questions to be answered excuse me answered on thursday's podcast so that will do it we'll talk to you again wednesday with another episode of locked on raptors in the meantime go make your second listen of the day after of course we were your first listen go make your second listen locked on bets as your boy q and lee sterling are doing a wonderful job over there telling you how to win money betting on sports frankly they're very very good at what they do and you are going to be in the green the red in the in the green that's where you want to be when you're gambling you'll be in the green if you listen to your boy Q and Lee Sterling on Locked On Bets. So go check it out for your second listen. And we'll talk to you Wednesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.